Good evening, planet Earth. Good evening to the people of Utah and to the people of the inner space and the outer space. Good evening to the creatures that walk along the sidewalk looking for grunkus meat. Good evening for the stragglers walking along the sidewalk to find the protein. It's August the 7th, 2021, right around 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. But if you're listening on shortwave radio, this could be Saturday night or Sunday night. This could be Saturday or, or Monday morning. This could be... 11 p.m. to midnight, Saturday or Sunday night, that's Eastern Standard Time. WRMI out of Miami Okeechobee on 5950 kHz. It could be. But it could also be that someone hit you over the head with a mallet. It could be as you are walking down the sidewalk to find your crankest meat and your glumbo grease, and your hooker girlfriend named Sally Mae Partisan. It could be as you are trying to find your lost crack cocaine. It could be that when you tried to find that knife, you buried out back after you did the bad thing. It could be. It could be that you met a dog, and the dog's name was Phil, and Phil whispered in your ear, he said to do terrible things, he mentioned the names of people you hated, he told you where you could find bad things, bad things to do. On that sidewalk... Once you were beaten to a pulp, a dog named Phil gave you a mission. You received a message from that canine named Phil. That canine named Phil. looking for the notes for this podcast broadcast, if you go to dfgtc.org slash show notes, I spell, doc, you know, Delta Foxtrot Golf Tango Charlie dot org slash show notes. If you go to that, you know, URL, if you're able to access the internet and you pick the right date for the right show, it's all in you know, ascending order, meaning the first show is first, the last show is last, sorry. Maybe I should reverseoid that. But if you go to that page and you look at the notes, you find the right notes, you'll get the right show, and you will be on the right frequency, first topic. You ever hear of a time called the 1960s Bo Blimpdock? Did you know that there were rock and roll kings and LSD queens? That there were people wearing tore-up jeans and tie-dye shirts? They spent their days making love and dancing. They danced. They danced by the bridges. They danced by the statues. The ones for people who, you know, killed somebody. Probably listened to Phil. Yes, back in the 1960s, it was crazy. People were doing drugs and writing songs out in California, out by Los Angeles. There was a place called Laurel Canyon. I'll leave it to you to research all the things that happened there. 
Much of it's apocryphal. Much of it's questionable. Nothing is certain. There's reason to believe the CIA ran bands out of Laurel Canyon. That they actually operated the music industry out of Laurel Canyon. They wanted people focused on dancing and sex and drugs, but not so much the Vietnam War. That was not something they wanted to focus on. Take your internal journey. Just don't stop our war. Take your LSD, but just don't stop us from going over there and taking care of Charlie. So the CIA decided to, for the most part, promote what's called the drug, sex, nihilistic rock and roll scene. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. You should do your own research, but it is entertaining. And the reason why it could be true is it sounds true. The CIA has done all kinds of nutty crap. So if you were to say to me, Dan, do you think the CIA would run bands, musical groups, out of Laurel Canyon in the mid to late 1960s and early 70s before the church committee meetings and all the other meetings unveiling the, the sacred nads of the of the, the royal goods of the CIA, long before we found out about all the poison darts, well, not that long, maybe a couple years, is it reasonable to believe the CIA was doing this? And I would say yes, but again, I can't prove it. There are lots of books on it. You can probably listen to thousands of hours of podcasts on it, talking about the monkeys, talking about the monkey herpes, just kidding, am I? Talking about the doors. The Doors of Perception, talking about Jim Morrison, and he's kind of a connected guy. Now recently, a singer by the name of Dave Grohl, if you don't know who Dave Grohl is, he's a singer, he's a musical artist, he's a creator, he's an American hero. Recently, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters um, people, but mainly Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl's been promoting the whole COVID-19 fear thing. He's been He's been promoting the vaccines, he's been promoting musical occasions where you have to be vaccinated, where you have to wear your mask. Now, I know some of the listeners out there, either on shortwave or on the internet, are probably saying, Dan, if I want to wear a mask because of the monkey, you know what? You can wear eight masks if you want to. They will do nothing but suffocate you. The reality is, for legal purposes, if you check the box they sell the masks in, it tells you everything you need to know. That mask protects you from nothing. Zero zip nada. If it protected you from Dr. Anthony Fauci's magical droplets, I'll let you on a little secret. It would say it in the marketing material. It does not protect you from anything. If you go to the Washington State website and they show you how to make your own mask out of dirty underwear, newsflash, your dirty underwear mask will not save you. Maybe it'll save you from dates. I don't know. Because I gotta say, dating in the age of Bo Blimpdock, not really wanting to go there because it's really not something I want to do. But I don't even know how you do it. It's like the whole incel phenomenon. I'm going to go off topic a bit here, but you know the whole involuntarily celibate? Well, that's not me. I don't have a lot of sex with a lot of different women, but it's not incel. It's more of just, I'm trying to avoid crazy. During a much less stressful period of my life and the lives of many Americans, but still kind of crazy, in that period of time just before and just after 9-11, is when I met my ex-wife. And looking back, 
I made mistakes, and you know what? Probably one of the crappiest things you can do is beat up on your ex. I'm not going to do that. Um, the reality is she dumped me. I was probably not a great husband. I don't even know if I ever should have gotten married. But during that time, when things were so much more sane, I found dating to be very difficult. And maybe that's why I didn't do a lot of it. And perhaps that's why I ended up, you know, the way I ended up. But I don't want to go into that. If you come up to me and say, are you an incel? The answer is no. And I think a lot of people who are categorized that way are not. They just don't want the gypsy curse. They don't want to try to date somebody in 2021 Boblimtok. I don't care if you're a guy or a girl. I don't care your gender. I don't care gay, straight, whatever. Dating in 2021 is a mystifying, troubling, and potentially dangerous situation. And me personally, I just don't need it right now. There are people who believe weird things happened at Laurel Canyon. So getting back to Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl has come out recently, like, you know, promoting pretty heavy-handedly in his own way that everybody needs to get vaccinated. Nobody knows what that means. I don't think Dave Grohl knows what that means, but he is parroting something. He is directing a propaganda stream towards the people. And it's really caught some of us off guard. I used to think of him as being potentially um, more of a rebel. I'm not saying like, you know, like people like me. I'm not saying an agorist or an ANCAP or an anarchist or a libertarian. No, but I, I used to have this idea that he went his own way. He made his own decisions. He had his own will. But again, I didn't know him. I didn't even listen to tons of his music. I, there were a few songs that the Foo Fighters made I liked. There were a few Nirvana songs I liked. Great, fine, wonderful. Those are not the names of the songs. Great, fine, and wonderful. That sounds like the name of a Beatles ballad. Great, fine, and wonderful. Yeah, that's fine. But, but you know, again, maybe there's something else going on here. And, and maybe. And this is where things get crazy, okay? So the other night, again, we're in the age of Bo Blimp Doc, and all the cracks and all the universal terraces... All the weird whirlpools of spirits, heaven and earth in the veil, all mixed up because crazy. The other night, I was walking to Maverick. I was going to get some Mormon beer. The other night, I met a ghost, a spirit. Now, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't happen again. I'm an Irishman. I'm going to tell you a story right now. And the ghost said, buddy, he said, what if Dave Grohl, Dan, is one of those monarch MK Ultra kids? What if Dave Grohl was the product of one of these weird satanic parties that the CIA would hold in Laurel Canyon? Okay, with the monkeys and the and the Beach Boys and probably the Manson family. I mean, there was probably a party where all these weird icons of evil and art showed up. And so what if that happened? And what if Dave Grohl is an indigo monarch MK Ultra Laurel Canyon Satan baby? What if he's the love child of Jim Morrison? What if Dave Grohl is the Satan baby love child of Sonny Bobo? I mean, Bono. What if? What if?
What if Dave Grohl is the product of a satanic ritual held in Laurel Canyon in the 1960s or 70s? I don't know how old he is. I mean, people will say their age, but if, but is it true? And what if at Laurel Canyon they did one of those weird things they do? You know those weird things they do? This is what the ghost told me. He said, Dan, did you know at these really weird parties, do you know how they prepared the cream? You know what I mean? The Pearl Jam? Do you know how they prepared the spooge, Dan? That's what the ghost said. He asked me that question. And I looked at him and I said, Do I look like someone who would understand such things? No. And I shaked my fist. I shake my fist at that spirit. So the spirit went on to say, you know, you may not know, but I kind of know, Dan. At those Laurel Canyon parties, the men, and there'd be 20 or 30 men from various rock bands, the Beach Boys, the Monkees, maybe from like, I don't know, Rolling Stones if they're in town. You know, who knows who would be there? All these rockers would basically jizz into a big metal bowl. They would jizz into this large chilled because it would be chilled. They would jizz into a large metal bowl while listening to Pink Floyd. And if Pink Floyd was there, they would play and then they would jizz. And then the next step, the ghost said, is one dude would go around with, a, with basically that, that chilled bowl of, you know, a large chilled salad bowl, metal bowl of um, hmm, spunk. And he would go and there would be dozens of women, women who are groupies to bands. They would follow the bands around, young women, unsuspecting women, hippie women, crazy hippie women, sometimes even lesbians. Because they need, you know, they want this too, really, when you think about it. And so one of the dudes would take the large chilled bowl, the large chilled bowl of spooge, of spunk, and the women would sit there all spread out with their gape, their vagina open, and the dude would simply pour the sperm into their vagina. Now that sounds really horrible. But that was the 1960s, right? That was a satanic, you know, basically a satanic baby party. And so they would all get their satanic babies from 20 or 30 different rockers. Who knows which one's the daddy? There wasn't 23 in me. They would all fill the bowl with their magical white sauce. And then they would mix it to make the chili. so poignant and amazing. What if Dave Grohl was the product of one of these parties? What if at one of these parties, out of the ladle came the grumpus of various rockers, maybe Jim Morrison? Who knows? Maybe Jimi Hendrix? star, right? And then Dave Grohl's born. And then Dave Grohl springs forth from the womb. It's amazing. 
Now, some of you are saying, Dan, none of that ever happened, and you could be right. I don't trust spirits on the way to Maverick, and if you don't know what Maverick is, Maverick is like 7-Eleven, like the Chevron, like any, you know, gasoline place that sells chicken off the rotisserie oven, like any place that sells you canned food made out of something, like any place that sells you pain and sadness and anxiety on your way to hell. That's Maverick. Now, of course, they haven't called me to make any commercials for them yet, and I don't know why. I don't know why. So maybe I shouldn't trust a ghost that I meet on the way to Maverick to go get Mormon-style beer so I can get half-assed drunk and probably end up boosting my diabetes quotient without any real payoff. You shouldn't trust those ghosts. They are, yeah, they're tricksters. They're weirdos. Don't trust them. But then he went on to say, you want to know something else, Dan, that's really funny? Dan, would you like to know something else that's really funny? Did you know they tried something once? They tried something. It was really, really interesting. They took the fecal matter of several women. They took the fecal matter of a lot of women. A lot of women rock and roll singers that were at these Laurel Canyon parties. I think, I think even, you know, vocalists like Dionne Warwick. I think Dionne Warwick donated her poop. And they took the poop and they put it into a large metal bowl, a chilled bowl. And then, you know, dozens, maybe even more than dozens, a lot of men just, you know, did what they did. They ejaculated quickly in synchronized, you know, synchronized ejaculation. Who knows how that works? And they fill up that metal bowl. And now the metal bowl that's chilled in ice has, you know, sperm and sperm semen and poop. And they mixed it all together in one of those, you know, 1960s style milkshake machines. But then they changed their satanic ritual. They had a bunch of men, gay men from San Francisco. And they had the men pull down their pants and open up their buttholes. And then they took a turkey baster and they took some of that chocolate milkshake and they injected it into the butthole. They took that chocolate milkshake, they filled the turkey baster, they injected that into several dozens of gay men's buttholes. And then they waited to see what would happen. And after a few days, most of the results were negative. It turns out you really probably can't grow a baby reliably in a man's butthole. But there was one child. There was one child. was one child, one child born of the chocolate milkshake, there was one baby that resulted from the poop soup, 
that baby grew up to be Alyssa Milano. Now, of course, all of this could be a tale. All of this could be a hallucination. I could have been walking on my way to Maverick to get beer, to satiate my desires, to to be the unholy fixture of my regret, and the ghost was just a demon that cracked my skull open, but it was already there, like a, a, like a sore, like a festering sore in my hippocampus. Like one of those earwigs laid eggs in my hippocampus. Like one of those earwigs laid eggs in my occipital lobe. Could be, could be, could be. We don't really know. The science of the future is not yet complete. Now, some of you are going to say, Dan, that was gross. And I would, you know, in retrospect, I might kind of agree. But what I will say is this. I think people like Dave Grohl, the nicest thing I can say about them, the nicest thing I could ever say about somebody like that is they are a useful idiot. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're promoting. They're not really certain of what's going on. That whole Laurel Canyon thing, is I'm just being silly. Let's just pretend for a moment that the most likely explanation for Dave Grohl promoting vaccines is he's just a useful idiot. He hasn't really researched the subject. He probably barely understands biology. He probably believes the nutty crap Anthony Fauci says. And so, yeah, that's the easiest thing to say about Dave Grohl, is he is simply, you know, doing what a lot of artists are doing right now, which is really creepy, and that is going along with the state, going along with the government, going along with the powers that be, in promoting what can only be described as a disastrous campaign of trauma-based mind control. And that's the nicest way of putting it. As far as Alyssa Milano goes, was she the only successful MK Ultra Indigo Monarch Laurel Canyon Satan shit baby? Was she really? I don't know, people. I mean, the evidence is not clear. It's not clear to me whether she was or not. And I know, you know, beating up on people because they use their celebrity to promote psyops, you might say, well, Dan, that's mean. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think if you're going to promote a campaign that involves injecting something into people, I don't care if you're a comedian, an actor, a musician. If you're going to promote a campaign that involves a medical procedure, then it's probably incumbent upon you to research it. Maybe even become a bit of an amateur expert. And if your response is, well, Dan, I'm too busy, it, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. If you're too busy to research what it is you're promoting, and it is a medical procedure, don't promote it. Don't support it. That's the easiest answer. And if your response is, I need money, well, I don't know. My response is, Judas Iscariot took silver. I think crapheads throughout history have done terrible things for money. And so if your excuse is, well, I'm an artist and I'm kind of washed up and my name's Bon Jovi, and they want me to create this propaganda ballad, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, you gotta be, you know, basically something that you would play, you know, translated to German as Jewish people would enter one of the camps, you know, Arbeit mock fry, work shall set you free. That's what I thought of when I heard that Bon Jovi song back in 2020. And it was polished. It was so polished. It was hard to believe. It simply magic, magicked itself into existence. It simply came into existence. That seems really unlikely to me. What's, more, what's way more likely is that video and a lot of other crap was ready-made, ready to go, 
prior to 2020. But again, believe what you want to believe, people. You have your own free will, your own choices. You have your own life to live. You have your own dragons to slay. You have your own creatures from Sector 5 and 8 to destroy. Next topic. Next topic. And before I go too much further, if you're on listening on shortwave radio, this is WRMI out of Miami, Okeechobee. This is 5950 kilohertz, Saturday or Sunday night, between 11 p.m. and midnight Eastern Standard Time. This is the Planetary Status Report. If you're out there, if you can hear us, if you're someplace like even, I don't know, Poland? If you're in Poland and you can hear us, send me an email, please. And you can send me an email by sending it to me at imsully.com. That is, I spell Mike Echo at imsully.com. So if you send me an email, and, and that's me at imsully.com, and tell me where you're hearing us from. We would really love to find out. We'd like to know how far this signal reaches. It helps us here at the Planetary Status Report. And who knows? Maybe we get to know some more people. And maybe you can yell at me and complain. Here's my suggestion. If you got a problem with the show, express yourself. You know what I'm saying? Talk about it. But probably not, you know, in confrontational terms since we're strangers and I don't know you. So my suggestion would be if you have an issue, just send me the email, but do the best you can to not send me an email where, you know, I don't know. Threatening me, threatening to kill me. Maybe you want to, I don't, you can do that if you want to. I don't care. Yeah, before I go too much further, I got to say something. I, I've mentioned this on the show before, so I will get it out of the way. For most of my life, and certainly since high school, um, and I'm 51 years old, so been a while. But for most of my life, I've suffered from depression. And the last bout of depression that hit me, the big bout, kind of hit, hit me in 2000, um, 2009. And it really never ended. Like, it was one of those cases where it was hard to find a point where I could just sort of get through it. Now, there were ups and downs, um, and there were. But during those years, you know, my mom died of cancer, my sister died of cancer, my ex-wife dumped me. And the reality is people go through stuff, and normal people surf those waves, and they don't have any issues. I suffer from depression, so right now, with all this stuff going on, my brain its compass will point in directions that I know might not be accurate. So for example, if I talk about feeling like something is going to happen, I try to be careful about talking like that because I have to parse between what is my depression, my issue, and what might be an intuition about the world. You know, your own psychology can direct you towards wishful thinking scenarios. And, and sometimes the wishful thinking is negative. Sometimes it's dark. So I mentioned this because I've had one of those weeks. And I, you know, I'm currently working on a software project. I'm currently getting paid. But I had one of those weeks where I'm going to have to work my butt off tomorrow, Sunday, which is not a big deal. That's not the issue. But I'll have to work my butt off because I had one of those weeks where the depression just hit me. And I don't know how to currently separate all of that from the world. The great thing about where I am in Utah is it's a small town. It's a small town. There's not a lot of people, not a lot of noise. The people I rent a room from are really good people. They have dogs, and I've never really owned a dog. But I can tell you, being around dogs, walking dogs, it helps. It helps to be around another creature. 
and, and another creature that won't get involved in esoteric dis- discussions about viruses and politics and economics or any other kind of crap. It's nice to understand the simple logic of a dog. And, and in some ways, along with that, to understand the simple happiness. You know, the dog is happy. If you have chicken strips <laughs> and you give a dog a chicken strip, that dog's going to be happy. If you take that dog for a walk and they get to have a really good crap, you know, really good poop, that dog's going to be happy. Dogs are happy about things that Well, we advanced, super technological, super smart, super wise humans take for granted. Dogs will look for any kind of grumpus protein or scrimulac or drumuli. They will look for the turds of eagles. And there they will find their gold. Dogs will search for all kinds of things, and they will be happy about it, and they'll be excited. Look, Dan, I just found this old, dried-up protein poop. It's the tastiest thing you ever saw, Dan. And, of course, the same animal might vomit it up, you know, might throw up five minutes later, might not. Dogs are scavengers. There's a book I would recommend, um... And sometimes I recommend a few books. I've recommended this one before. But if you're a dog lover, it's called King Solomon's Ring by Conrad Lorenz. And if you've ever heard in your psychology class a discussion of imprinting, imprinting is the process by which some newborn animal, doesn't have to be a human, will more or less make eye contact with their mother. And in that moment, that connection is created. That's imprinting. And of course, it takes more than one moment. But the process is simple. The more this happens, the more it imprints. Well, Conrad Lorenz imprinted himself upon, you know, a bunch of baby geese, you know, goslings or whatever. He imprinted himself on these birds, and these birds would treat him like he was their mother. But another thing he talks about a lot in King Solomon's Ring is dogs, and he points out there were reasons why. And we don't know all the reasons because none of us really know what it was like to be alive 60 or 70 or 100,000 years ago. But according to Conrad Lorenz, you can kind of think about why it was dogs and people came together. And he would point out, and others will point out, that probably this weird alliance developed when food was, you know, hard to find. Dogs were really good at finding all kinds of things. (laughs) Yeah, but the problem is a lot of those things had worms. And even though dogs might not be as smart as us, They probably noticed that when they ate human food, they didn't get the worms because the humans had the the fire. They had the barbecue. They had the barbecue. Again, I'm I'm simply speculating, okay? This is hypothetical. I don't really know what happened. But you can imagine that it was a slow process. And so sometime about 50 or 60 or 70,000 years ago, some wolves and some people started mixing. And the wolves would hang out closer to the fire and the people would toss the bones. The dogs were really good at finding food, but sometimes the food they found wasn't so good. The humans were good at helping with that part of the process. Sure, we didn't have biology, but we had pretty decent intelligence, and we had a kind of rudimentary language, probably. And we probably even had rudimentary oral history, or at least simple mythology, so that ultimately, if something was bad for you, it would become clear, don't eat it. And certainly, fire became something we learned about early on. Expose food to fire, and it kills contaminants. It kills 
these organisms. They didn't know what they were. They just knew that it wasn't great to get worms. It wasn't great to get sick. Now, I know that's a big tangent, but the reason why I went down that road is I just want to kind of point out something here. Um, dogs are a lot like us. I think they love things the way we do in a lot of ways. In some ways, they probably even have relationship issues like we do. They're very smart. I mean, it's one of the things where I, I you know, people will talk about dogs sometimes, but really, yeah, they're not people smart, but they're pretty smart. And in the way they have to be smart, they're as smart as they need to be. I know that's a bit of a a Baroque way of saying it, but they have the intelligence they need to solve the problems they need to solve. But again, the core point is, for a dog, like the dogs I hang out with, one chicken strip is like Christmas Day. And maybe it doesn't last more than five minutes. Maybe the memory of that goes in an hour. But I don't know that it does. And what I think is that it, it's helpful especially if you suffer from depression, to have a simple understanding of the basic things. Food, water, shelter. Take a shower. Get up in the morning. Keep trying. Keep kicking yourself in the butt. Don't give up. I've said this before, and even right now I'll say it again. If I have seven or eight crappy days in a row, and then on the ninth day I have a day where for a number of reasons or one reason... It's a great day. That can make up for a lot of crappy days. That's a good reason to hang on. And it's not going to be easy, and it's going to be a struggle, and it's going to be scary for a lot of people, but it is where we're at. Next topic. We are 40 minutes in, and I wasn't sure what I would do with this, but... If you don't know, I do some writing. Um, I haven't done a lot lately, and my project I was able to commit to this year is a terrible project, The Lost Lectures of Charles Manson. I am in no way proud of that series, but it keeps me writing, so there's that. I'm going to read a chapter, a very short chapter, from, from something I wrote many years ago. The title of what I wrote, and there's a link to it in the notes, and if you're listening on shortwave... If you're listening on shortwave radio, this is WRMI, this is 5950 kilohertz, this is Saturday or Sunday night between 11 and midnight Eastern Standard Time, and the notes for this show can be found by going to, I spell, Delta Foxtrot Golf Tango Charlie dot O-R-G slash show notes, once again, D-F-G-T-C dot O-R-G slash show notes, go there, pick the right date, get the right notes, and you can find the link for this particular writing project. The Chronicles of Yorbis, Volume 1. The Chronicles of Yorbis, Volume 1. And the specific chapter we're going to look at is Chapter 4. And so let's go ahead and do that, my friends. Let's do that. Chapter 4. And the title of Chapter 4 is Stability... Concerning Stability, Safety, and Peace. And if you want to know who Yorbis is, imagine Yorbis as being a hobo version of Zarathustra a la Nietzsche, which means I don't pretend to be Nietzsche, I'm not Nietzsche, but basically Yorbis is kind of a traveling clown philosopher from ancient times. When the clown kingdom ruled the earth, when the flimbus sauce flowed, the great clown philosopher king Yorbis would travel about in hobo outfit, people would ask him questions. This would annoy him sometimes. Sometimes it wouldn't. So I'm going to read this chapter, and then in the brief time we have, we'll talk about it. Chapter 4 from the Chronicles of Yorbis, Volume 1. Concerning Stability, Safety, and Peace. Thousands of years ago, a time when the world was less busy, but nearly as insane, before the time of Ben Bernanke 
and endless money printing and the <laughs> effing Federal Reserve. When money was still worth something, you know, still worth something. A time when some had more, others had less, and there did not appear to be a reckoning as to why this was the case. At that moment, at that particular moment, the great Lord King philosopher Clown Yorbus was sitting by the side of a turbulent river. The River Gunda, the River Gunda, nestled within a valley surrounded by the mountains of Voroblok. As Yorbus was sitting and watching the debris being washed down the great river, a young boy came up to him and bombarded Yorbus with weary questioning. Great Yorbus, my parents are out of work. We are nearly out of money. We are afraid we will lose our home. And I need new clothes for school. I saw my father crying last night. I didn't know what to think. I saw him crying and I was scared. We're all scared, Yorbis. Is there no hope? Will the world always be this scary? this dark, this unpredictable. Yorbus, broken from concentration, looked down at the young man. The boy looked to be 10 or 11 years old, a little scamp, and he smiled. Then after a few moments of meditation, Yorbus began to speak. Boy, I have no easy answers. Times are tough. Maybe they have always been so, but I ask that for a moment you sit with me here and look at this river before us. The young boy sat down next to Yorbis and looked out into the river. His eyes darted about. The boy knew there must be a lesson in this. He was sitting next to the great Yorbis after all. Yorbis waited until the boy's gaze looked still, and then he continued. Look over there. Look over there, boy, at the rocks which are worn smooth by the rushing water. Look at how the water itself turns white as air is pulled in and churned by this wild place. Watch as material, stuff, crap, things, leaves, sticks, logs come flowing down. Observe how the river attempts to beat any object or being into submission. If one of those leaves being washed down the river were to come alive, he or she might ask, why is this water so rough? and dangerous. I should have washed ashore earlier, at some place where the water was still and slowly moving. Instead, I am now being pulled and tossed about. This is too much. Why must I endure? The leaf might have washed ashore at the calmer point in the river, my boy. Some place safe, the leaf might still decide to be washed ashore further down where the water also calms. Young man, you are like this leaf, or at least you are feeling like this leaf now. You are young and new and have only dismal memories, only dismal memories of your short life during turbulent times. From your vantage point, you see only rapids, and unlike the lucky leaf which fell to earth in calm waters, you have seen only the dark, the rough, the frightening branch of this leviathan's flow. So for you, it would seem better to move towards the calm waters, where not much happens. 
But trust me, boy, you will become more for having felt the rapids. Your life will have greater meaning for having been tossed by the great river into which we were all thrown. Some of us are thrown in at calm times or at a calm place in the great river. So be it. We cannot control this. Don't be jealous of this. I know this doesn't help. I know that times are hard and people have lost hope. Maybe you think your friends and family have lost hope. I do not know them, but I doubt it. They are simply tired and overwhelmed. And at times, we all feel the weight of this world upon us. Parents, you know, parents, people who have kids, feel this much more than most people, boy. But by the looks of you, by the looks of you, young man, you seem a strong and intelligent young man. My inner voice tells me, and I could be wrong, but it is doubtful that I am wrong. That your parents love you and would throw themselves into the fires of destruction for you. Do I speak the truth? The young, man, the, the young boy nodded. His eyes glazed over and a single tear ran down his face. And Yorbis continued to speak. Then young man... Then, young man, don't fret over being scared. We are all scared at times. This is the pepper in the soup. This is what sparks the mind and gives flavor to existence. I know you may not believe me now, but in life there are many times when the water slows and the water quickens. Learn to appreciate the slow times, my boy. Learn to appreciate the slow times and seek knowledge and build strength for the rapids. It is during the times of calm that we must retool ourselves, harden the steel, mend repair, and even branch out and grow to become more than what we are, and to seek out ways to become what we ought to be. Learn to accept the hard, fast, turbulent times too. They can be exciting and fun, and you will realize one day peace and stability do not always exist in equal measure for all men and women at all times, at all moments. You need to accept this and avoid the trap of believing that some other soul may have more than you. Some other, some other soul, some other lives exist in times better than the times you live in. You may not believe this, young man, but the bored and the fat may actually envy you. Most importantly... Most importantly, know that in love of your family and your friends, know that in love, that the love of your family and, and your friends in your creative works and in your attempts at life, which sometimes become failures, and failures are the most important, that if you are patient, you will find yourself. And you will find yourself stronger. We settle. <laughs> we settle in calm times. But we change and become strong in the rapids. Courage is not an exclusive attribute of the great heroes of the past, my boy. Courage is in all of us when we accept our fear and we push it aside to struggle onwards. We are not the leaf that gets washed ashore or tossed about, my boy. We are not the log that cracks and breaks under the force of the river. Look out there. Look out there. Look out there, my young man. And know this simple truth. We are the stones. 
We are the boulders. We are the granite. We are the rock that is shaped and weathered by the river, transformed into beauty which lasts many seasons, both rough and calm. Yorbis was done speaking, and the boy was smiling. Perhaps the boy was smiling because Yorbis was done talking, or perhaps the boy had learned something. But Yorbis thought to himself, well, huh, but the boy is smiling. And that was enough for Yorbis. So Yorbis walked the boy home and then went to get a drink at the local tavern. That was chapter four of the Chronicles of Yorbis, volume one. And as I said, if you're listening on shortwave radio, the link for this is in the show notes. That's dfgtc.org slash show notes. I can't afford an editor or a proofreader, so if you read what I write and it doesn't sound good, listen, pal, you know, we're, we're all doing the best we can. What I, what I don't have in, in quality, I make up in quantity. Yeah. I, I wrote this story um, originally as a blog entry, I think back in 2011 or 12. I think it was 2011. I think it was right around the time, the period of time between when my mom died of cancer and my sister died of cancer. And I read it tonight because I feel like it still has a good message. It holds up after 10 years. In fact, the reason why it probably holds up after 10 years is because for a lot of people, the turmoil that people are feeling right now as a new thing For a lot of people, that never ended. I know that there's a rhetoric that Obama magically cured the ills of the past. But if you actually look at the numbers, there are parts of this country that did really, really well with the the racketeering under President Obama. But there are huge parts of the country that didn't do so well. And this applies to Trump as well. I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I don't, that's not an axe I grind. I'm simply pointing out that for many, many people, the trauma drama after 2008 never stopped. And then t- and in 2020, it only got worse. A lot of us are confronting that question, why am I now here? Why was I born now? A lot of young people are probably saying, why did I have to be born now? Couldn't I have been born in you know queenly times with knights and stuff? Couldn't I have been born in Greek times and Greek mythology? Couldn't I have been like, I don't know, the Queen of Sheba or, (laughs) I don't know. Could I be Cleopatra? Could I be Caesar? Could I be born a hundred years from now and travel to some planet and maybe, I don't know, open a restaurant? A lot of people would love to do that. You know, I'm going to include myself as well. There are times when I think it would be really great to just swap out. To just say, can't I just live in a different time? But that's not a reality. That's not an option. We were born now. As I close out this podcast, that's the kind of message. You know, this is tough. Times are tough. If you have kids, I can't imagine the stress you're under. I can say don't give up. But during this week, it sounds tinny. It sounds vacant because I am not in the mode where I'm kind of like soldiering on. So how can I tell other people to? But what I can say is if you make it through a time like this, you will be stronger. If your children are able to make it through a time like this, they will be very strong. And there's a world that they're going to get to live that might be better than this one. For all the technology and all the wonderful stuff, the world for them might be a freer, better world. That's something to think about. Anywho, this is the Planetary Status Report, and this is Dan, signing off.